Welcome to Notorious Women Podcast. I'm Lavetta. And I'm Miriam. And this is Notorious Women, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. Woo, woo. And that only took us like three times yep, to do time. the opening. Yay. <laughs> We're professional. Okay. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Listen, girl, I think the kids are like profesh. Like we don't say professional <laughs> uh, anymore. Like don't finish the word. Okay. It's profesh. Profesh. You're pro- we're profesh. Totally. Fresh. Okay. Cool. Why does it? Why do I go into the Valley Girl or what I think is a Valley Girl? Listen. Like, was basically clueless. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, the kids say profesh, but I'm saying it like it's 1992. Like, yeah, like <laughs> as if. If oh you guys God. have never seen Clueless, you got to check it out. It it holds up. It. It okay, does. it might it might be a little problematic in certain areas that I don't remember, but I really think that it is really a beautiful story <laughs> about I very mean, it's rich people. What's Emma, right? So it's, it's basically Emma. Emma. Yeah. Like so it's Emma, it's a version of Emma, just like Ten Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew. Mm. You we're know, easy A. I know, we're such nerds, I but I mean that's why we have this podcast, right? Yeah, to it's true. bring you these wonderful stories. I guess we should get started. Um, I believe you're first this week, darling. Am I? I have no idea. Okay. Yes. I, like, I really don't know where I am in the time-space continuum as a general <laughs> rule. So... <laughs> so like, okay, I just, go on, Star Trek reference. Okay. <laughs> this is this, why we're friends. <laughs> I know Lavetta's love language, and that is her love language. <laughs> mm, I love Star Trek. Next iteration. I'm I'm like, I like all the iterations of Star Trek. Um, even the original, which has terrible oof, oof. special effects, man. Oof. You're just like, but the the spirit of Star Trek is in the original. So um, I mean that that you're a true Trekkie. I am not. I love Next Generation, but like when that was done, I was like, I'm good. And you've watched everything. Oh, you got Deep Space Nine. You got Voyager. Come on. I haven't gotten into the newer ones, I, I will admit, because it's behind a paywall on Paramount Plus and uh, I struggle yeah. with if I want to pay it. But I, I did watch so Picard. There's, uh, of well, course you did. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, Patrick Stewart, Captain Picard is the man. Uh, <laughs> this is why I don't have a thing against bald men, because when I was growing up and I saw Academy mm. card. I was like, oh my God, he's so gorgeous and he's so <laughs> wonderful and he's oh, he's so great. Um, he can still get it. He may not want it, but he can still get it. Listen, uh, he's my he's old like, man crush. I will tell you this. He is also an anti-racist feminist. I love him. Like, exactly. This man. I mean, I'm married. I'm happily married, so I would not let him touch me. But were I not happily married, <laughs> all I'm saying, but I'm happily married cool that is why that is what trekkies are because we are (laughs) peace kind loving inclusive people and the fact that they took these QAnon nuts took q from star (laughs) trek is baffling to me wait but that's a whole nother story listen i didn't know that (sighs) because it makes no sense i'm like have these people ever watched star trek like like no probably (laughs) I mean, have they ever like you cannot be a Trekkie and be hateful like that's not that's an oxymoron like it, it wouldn't work. 
you got yeah. nothing out of it, you know, if you did that. You know what it's I'm saying? It's all like, they obviously never watched the show. So, or any of the iterations of Star Trek, that's, because that is not I'm, what it's about. So that's how I'm feeling about Quantum Leap because, okay, I keep talking about it and I guess I'm not going to stop. So um, I'm rewatching, I started rewatching some old ones too because I, I have a problem and that's fine. I admit it. It's not a problem, but I'm not going to stop um, because the new one came out and the new one feels like, oh my God, it's very progressive. And it's, it's, I mean, there's just such beautiful characters and it's complicated and amazing. And then I was like, actually, it's kind of always been this way. Like for the 90s, you know, anything that's science based is usually progressive. And so that's why, like, you know, because why is he traveling? He gets thrown into other people's bodies. Right. In their lives. To change history for the better. His only guide in this journey is Al, an observer from his own. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. I stop. (laughs) I stop myself. Okay. He physically has to walk in other people's shoes. Of course, it's progressive. I like, mean, right? You, like, but it's really, it's interesting the difference between the 90s and now, because I remember the episode where you're like, oh my God, he's in a woman's body. And it was very exciting because next week, oh, he's got to be a woman. And everyone's like freaking out about it. And then you see it and it's like hilarious. So this time around... Sometimes he leaps into a woman. Sometimes he leaps into a man. It's not even talked about. Nobody cares. He's there to solve a problem. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's impressive. And that's also promising that they're, yeah. that at least the creators behind it is like, yeah, let's not, it's not a big deal. Like we are beyond, like that was novel, right? Or interesting right. or surprising in the 90s, but no longer. It's like, yeah. And it makes you realize like, oh, in the 90s, that was maybe like a little problematic. But their point. Well, probably the way they handled it was problematic. Yeah. But their point in the 90s even was that like, oh, yeah, it does suck to be treated like that as a woman. Like it was like, dear cisgendered white men, this is not comfortable for women. Can you stop? Like they were doing kind of a PSA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. (laughs) <laughs> for an after-school special they used to have go. those kids yeah. right like the more you know you know <laughs> well on that note <laughs> who's your notorious woman you want to share with me this week okay so my notorious woman is one suggested by one of our listeners oh i'm so excited mabel weber snow has suggested this so thank you we, mabel thank you Woo-hoo. so much so she um she recommended this woman and I'm listen, I am so grateful for this woman. I've never heard of her and I got, I got so much to say. So her name is Lucille. She was born Lucille Anderson. Okay. But you may know her as Lucille Bogan or you may no. not know her at all. <laughs> okay. Lucille no. Anderson, but Lucille Bogan. I might know her. Nope. Doesn't. Okay. So she uh, is the daughter of Gussie and Wiley Anderson. So, you know. I mean, ho- 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 hold up. Mm. Gussie mm, you heard and me. Wiley. Yep. And they married. <laughs> that is an old school. <laughs> yes, it is. Are these Southern people? Yes, they are. Gussie, okay. <laughs> Gussie and Wiley. Because <laughs> that's how they say it. Like, they didn't say Gussie and Wiley. They said no. Gussie 
and Wiley. Okay. That is how their names were pronounced. Okay. I'm sorry. It's like Loretta. We don't say Loretta. We say Loretta. In the Loretta. South. Oh, really? Loretta. I know that. All right. Loretta. Loretta. Yeah. It's it's okay. like, my name's Loretta. No, it's Loretta. Like, yeah. <laughs> I did not name you that. I named you Loretta. Got it. Um, okay. So, so what's fun about the South in the early 1900s, and if you were black, is they didn't keep the greatest records. Um, surprise. No, not surprising. So Even through so, the 1980s and 90s. What are you talking about? Yeah, no one gives a Probably shit. Probably today. A problem. I in, mean, in Florida, they definitely, they're definitely fucking up government documents misspelling because it's florida yeah that's probably right she can say that she's from florida but also we can all say that right now about florida uh, florida yeah florida's fucked up i'll say i have dear friends who live there and they're like this is fucked up so you know and then I'm they like, wonder why people make fun of us it's like stop I mean, floridering stop, stop being florida floridering floridering yep lavetta you got it you got to patent that. That's brilliant. <laughs> Florida's got a Florida. Florida, Florida stop Floridaing. <laughs> Florida stop Floridaing. Because then you just get right to the point. That's like so many things just checked off, right? Yeah. Because they have so many problems. Okay. Ugh. All right. So she was born possibly in Armory, Mississippi, uh, in 1897, or according to an entry in the 1900 census. Her birthplace was Birmingham, Alabama. Oh. Listen, nobody cared. It's very sad. Well, that's so, why you could uh, do uh, cons back in the day, too. Right. <laughs> just moved like, around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can't find her record. That's because you never wrote it down. Should have written it down, huh? Oh, well. That's right. Um, but I'm going to guess that it was 1897 only because in 1914 she married Nazareth Lee Bogan, who was a railway man and gave birth to a son, Nazareth Jr., uh, in 1915, 1916. So she divorced him, but kept the name Bogan, uh, okay. and later married a man named James Spencer. Um, so she was a singer. She was oh. a singer. So she first, so another singer, we like singers here. Um, yes. She first recorded vaudeville records for OK Records, O K E H. I don't know how to say that correctly. Okay. I think it's OK. OK. Yeah, I think it's probably OK. It feels right, right? Yeah. Um, in New York in 1923 uh, with pianist Henry Callens. Later that year, she recorded Pawn Shop Blues in Atlanta, Georgia. And this was the first time we have so much first time with black musicians. In the early 1900s on this podcast. You're welcome. You know why? Because most of popular music, American music, comes from I, from the colored folks, from us. I, well, that, that's the thing. I think it's so important. Let's talk about every single one of them because, because <laughs> people talk about, like, I have a culture and I'm American. And, st like, your culture is based, up, I mean, basically from slavery, right? Like, yep. that's... That's you, dude. So, like, you can't put it aside because that is your people. Like, not your people, but, like, that is where you come from. Like, let's honor that and stop giving that credit to the wrong people. Yeah. How do we feel about it? <clears throat> a lot. We feel a lot. All right. So, the first time um, a black blues singer had recorded outside of New York or Chicago. 
So in 1927, oh. she began recording for Paramount Records in Grafton, Wisconsin, and she recorded her first big success, which was Sweet Petunia. Um, and a lot of people covered her stuff. Blind Blake is one. Look him up. He's cool. I like him. Never heard of him until I started researching this. Um, and then she recorded for Brunswick Records as well. So in 1930, her songs started to tend toward the drinking and the sex. What? Oh, what? My kind of lady. So, so she oh, was the original Megan the Stallion, huh? Girl, the OG. <laughs> Let me tell you. Although Megan the Stallion has nothing on her. Oh my Ooh. god. <laughs> yes. Um, her song "Ready Sloppy Drunk Blues." Sloppy it. drunk blues. Let's just get to the point. Just right? this is what you're buying. <laughs> Don't beat around that bush, girl. You tell me what you're going to sing. That's right. Um, it was written and recorded by her, but uh, it was first really it was released first by Leroy Carr in 1930. But then she recorded it as well. But she wrote it and she recorded it. It just wasn't released yet. You know, she's a woman. It's problematic. Um, another one of her songs. I love the title of Ready. Tricks ain't walking no more. Yeah. Because she also talked about prostitution. Yes, she did. Well, yes, she I mean, did. listen, oldest profession. <laughs> it is the oldest profession. Let's talk about it. It's like our period. You know what I mean? Like, it's the oldest profession. It's still around. It's rampant. Let's talk about it. Let's yep. legalize it. I said it. I'll say it again. Let's legalize it. Okay. I don't know. Make your money. <laughs> I don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, I'm not looking into it. I think, I think that ship has probably sailed anyways, but like, you know, like you should be able to make your money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly. safer, right? You can test, you can, yeah. Yeah. Protect the, um, ex exactly. the workers. Um, she also recorded an original version of Black Angel Blues, which was um, covered by B.B. King as Sweet Little Angel. Later, I thought that was interesting. Like, we know B.B. King. We should know her. Um, okay, so with her experience in some of the rowdier juke joints of the 1920s, um, and I got, by the way, my sources are like Wikipedia, um, allmusic.com, and thegumbo.net. Um, she wrote most of the songs herself, and they're mostly about sex and prostitution and alcohol. Um, more songs she sang were, uh, groceries on the shelf, Piggly Wiggly. Um, and you know, Piggly Wiggly is the, is oh, a yeah. Southern. Oh, very familiar. Yeah. Um, no, no, go ahead. Tell them like. <laughs> it's a Southern, uh, la 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 uh, supermarket basically. Yeah. And I, it, I only, I learned about it from driving Miss Daisy. That's how I learned about it. Oh, really? Do you, <laughs> I was like. Why is she, why is this old white lady keep talking about the Piggly Wiggly? <laughs> I, I was raised with, it's so weird when you're raised with stuff, you don't realize that it's like foreign to other people till you leave. Like, yeah, Piggly Wiggly. Okay, folks, for modern context, um, if you think Walmart is ratchet, Piggly Wiggly is a whole nother level. Okay. <laughs> That's a whole nother level. I did not know that. Wiggly Wiggly. Because you know how they say Target is for people who got sense, right? And then you mm -hmm. have Walmart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you got the Piggly Wiggly. That's how I do it. I go to Target. I go to Target. But when they don't have it, I go to Walmart. 
And yeah. then I get mad because Walmart messes it up. They all, listen, listen, don't sue me. Okay. But y'all, like, if you say you have the shoes, send me the shoes. I've given you my money and get, told you where to go. Why is it a problem? I'm I'm really complaining about something that's very personal and recent. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. But if you were trying to get it from the Piggly Wiggly, oh, oh. Uh, I don't know if we have to say that allegedly, because please don't sue us. I don't even no. know if Piggly Wigglies are still around. They probably no are. Probably. Yeah. I think they're like dollar stores or like outside of the South. They don't have like dollar. They don't have like, oh God, what's the dollar store we used to have? They have like Dollar General, like depending on which state you're in. And, I you know, know Dollar General. 99 cent store. Yeah. And, you know, I think Why Family is, Dollar I, is the I have one a I grew question. Up with. Why is mm-hmm. everything in the 99 cent store $8.99? I'm curious <laughs> because it says 99 cents outside the store, but then you walk in and everything is $8.99. Well, it's got 99 in the price. Mm, I don't, I mean, that's not helping me. <laughs> It's right there in the price, lady. Mm. I mean, because then I'm like, I might as well go to Target. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know. Target is so bougie. I feel so bougie when I'm walking around Target. Target. I do too, but I think we're wrong about that. Yeah. Like, I think it's not a bougie place, but we feel bougie because you're well, like, what? I think of those kinds of places, it's the bougiest. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, it's true. It is true. You know, it's like Nordstrom and Nordstrom's rack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. Listen, Nordstrom Rack is bougie for me personally, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. Listen, everybody likes a good deal on designer sunglasses. Okay. Yes. Okay. So. But I mean, we could go on about this for a little too long. So I'll keep going because I was okay. going to talk about Colts also, but let's move on. Um, <laughs> you have to have people there to help you because if you need the thing open for your kid to look anyways, you know what? I'm not going to go there. Um, it was fine. I found it at Target later. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, Lavetta, have you heard of uh, an artist named Bessie Jackson? Bessie Jackson, no. Because she changed her name to Bessie Jackson in 1933. What? Oh. Yeah. I was going to like, if you had heard of her, I was going to be like, psych, it's her. But you don't, you don't Well, know Bessie Jackson does sound more like a, like a, a down and dirty yeah. Juke, juke joint singing, you yes. know, raunchy yes. singer. That sounds more like than and Bogle. Was it Bogle? Bo- Bogan? Bo- Bogan. 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 But, like Bogan and, sounds a little bit more like respectable, but, but Bessie, Bessie Jackson. <laughs> yeah, she definitely singing about coochie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're totally right. She did yep. it to conceal her identity. And she she went to New York in 1933, changed it to conceal her identity. Um, and she worked for, um, she recorded for the banner label of ARC, A-R-C. Okay. okay. So a lot of times around this time, I guess, artists would change their names to get around um, like pre-existing recording contracts. So like, of course, oh. I'm, you, which is actually brilliant. I think that's genius because mostly recording contracts are there to abuse and use. So get it, get your money. The artist, um, yeah, definitely. But she was like, nah, I'm going to be Bessie Jackson so that nobody knows that I'm doing this, which is brilliant. Um, and then her persona really emerged. 
Um, this was around the time she started working with a pianist named Walter Rowland. They recorded over a hundred songs together between 1933 wow. and 1935. That is insane. That's that like Tupac. Lot. We thought Tupac was recording like. Right. Oh my Lord. And that, you know, uh, some of her uh, commercial successes were Seaboard Blues, Troubled Mind, Superstitious Blues. Um, and and it, it was said that their connection and their um, musical combination, the two of them was were perfect together. He sensed what she wanted. She sensed what he wanted. And it was like a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful um, thing as a creative to find somebody um, like that. Right. Um, so her final recordings, it says here with Roland and Josh White, which I probably like skipped some things because I don't really know who they are. Um, but they feel like men, so I'm not concerned. Um, <laughs> so we're, They feel like white men too. <laughs> right. That's why I'm like Josh White. Like it's in the title. Like, mm, I don't care. Um, sorry to like people like my husband and stuff, but whatever. Um, uh, exclude two takes of the song Shave Em Dry which was recorded on Tuesday, March 5th, 1935. The uncensored alternate take is notorious for its explicit sexual references, a unique record of the lyrics sung in after-hours adult clubs. According to Keith Briggs' liner notes for Document Records Complete Recordings, these were recorded either for the fun of the recording engineers or for clandestine distribution as a party record. Girl, it was Dirty, dirt, dirt, dirty. I told you. That's the reason she changed. Dirt, dirt. Bessie Jackson is definitely singing about coochie. Okay. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what else she's singing about. Her song "BD Woman's Blues" takes the position of a bull dyke. BD with the lyrics. I'm gonna give you some lyrics. Ready? Coming a time, beady women, they ain't gonna need no men. I'm gonna keep going. They got a head like a sweet angel and they walk just like a natural man. I'm gonna keep going. They can lay their jive just like a natural man. Like, listen, she's talking about was lesbians. Was she queer? Yeah, was she I, queer, I wonder? Listen, here's what I think and what I hope is she was probably having great sex. And that yeah. makes me so happy. Like, she was having so much great sex that she had to sing about it. And yeah, because it sounds she, like <laughs> she's singing from personal experience. Cause Bessie know. was getting it in. Yo, get yeah, it like, girl. Listen, which I think is hilarious because like, okay, I'm going to go there and I know it's very triggering, but like, you know, we were like, make America great again. Okay. Were we trying to get back to the time when the blues clubs we're celebrating black women that embraced their sexuality and their queerness. I mean, is that what you were talking about? Cause no, I no. mean, because this was in the 1930s. So if you're like, trying to pretend that like we were bad, we were good and now we're bad, like fuck off. Why did I no, say No, that? that's the but thing. I mean, Back then right? they were more like accepting in the 30s and then we yeah. had the war. No, when mm-hmm. they say make so-and-so great again, they want to get back to the 50s. They want to get where... back to the 50s, but uh, yeah. at, like Jim Crow and like, 
like Jim Crow right after the war. So there was an economic boom in America. Uh-huh. Um, white men were at the top of the food chain. Yep. Um, yep. And everybody knew their place, quote unquote. Mm. That's where they don't want to get back to the 30s, the 20s and the because 30s. Because the 20s and like, the 30s. <laughs> you got to stop pretending that humanity was like perfect. Like you got to stop because no, because they know also, it's not perfect. You know what happened after the 50s? The 60s. Okay. Okay. You know what happened? Started mm-hmm. to really rear its ugly head in the 50s and the 60s? Civil rights. <laughs> oh! Coinkydink. <laughs> so, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, stop, stop, like, just like rephrase because I know what you're saying. So, you got to find another way of saying No, we what know what they're saying. Did, did you yeah. hear uh, Brian Cranston? Did you see that? No. Tell me everything. Oh, yeah. He, he basically. He just, he explained it in white speak. Oh, <laughs> He good. explained that's, it so white people nice could understand. That's good. We need PSAs. Go. Because when he said it, black people were like, yeah. Because he was like, let's, let's, let's. Basically, he was like, well, let's break down that phrase. Make America great. When was America great? Yeah. The 30s, the 40s, the 50s, da, 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 da. And he's like, now, when was America great for black people? <laughs> <laughs> I can't he's find like, the decade. I'm looking. Exactly. So he's like. <laughs> So when you say that, you're not including them and they know. It. And it's yeah. like, yeah, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's, it's so dog true. whistling at its highest. Like we know what I, it was. It, but it's just so like to me, it's just so obvious. But I don't know. Isn't it just so obvious? No, to, to some people? people. No, no, because, well, I think you want to believe that deep down most people are good. I do want to believe that. It's really hard to these days. But like the great James Baldwin said, was it, what did he say? What's that quote? I might get it wrong. I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you're saying make America great, but then you're saying keep the rapists in Mexico, mm. shithole mm. countries. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. We know what you mean, motherfucker. Yeah. We know what yeah. you mean. Mm-hmm. You ain't fooling nobody. (laughs) And inviting one rich black man to the White House. Uh, Okay. Okay. That don't mean you don't not like black people. (laughs) Come on, (laughs) motherfucker. We see you. We see you. That's that's really not how it works, but nice try. Yeah. Not even nice try. Terrible try. Anyways. Yeah. But back to Bessie and and singing about the... Getting her back blown out. Here's the thing. Yes. I was going to like write down more lyrics. Okay. And you know that I do curse. I mean, I just did curse and I'm going to curse again later probably, but I cannot in good conscience tell you those girl. It's like, I'm going to give you like a little, she's like, I want to fuck you, fuck you, fuck me, fuck all. Like she just was so dirty. Like I can't, like I'm blushing right now. I'm embarrassed. Um, (laughs) It was like she went there and I love her for it. And people loved her for it. Um, I would like to read a quote from that I got from gumbo.net. Uh, and the, 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 the title of the article is called, is called uh, Lucille Bogan's Dirty Revolution. I love the title. So I had to share it. Um 
It says, a laughable amount of articles were published following the release of WAP, the Cardi B helmed anthem featuring Megan Thee Stallion. Political pundits recoiled in conservative shock and disbelief at the way these two women rappers proclaimed their arousal. Former congressional candidate Deanna Lorraine tweeted that the song was, quote, disgusting and, quote, vile, while GOP candidate James P. Bradley wrote, Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, Megan the Stallion are what happens when children are raised without God and without a strong father figure. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, they, they, they're not even that. If you look at the lyrics of WAP, Versus the lyrics of what Lucille did or Bessie Jackson, you know. Um, wow. It like they ain't not nothing on her. No, not to mention Millie Jackson. That's what I was saying. There's like a, a very like popular. I think Millie's from the 70s and the 80s, I think. Um, oh, she was singing about all that stuff as well. <clears throat> And throughout history, obviously, I mean, Mae West was, I mean, yeah. she, she kind of hit it in double entendre. But she but was double entendre and, it was, and, and, it was and nasty. It was not. <laughs> As they would say, like, the nasty. <laughs> nasty. Um, but also, like, I'll go on with that quote. This is the personal offense that listeners took to the song was comical, but also deeply insidious policing of black women and their right to assert pleasure revel in expressing desire and declare that sex is a regular part of their everyday lives. Um, and also to say that yeah. women talk about sex and have sexual agency means that they didn't have strong father figures. What like, the fuck is that? If anything is the opposite, right? So there's, oh. there's the joke yeah. about, you know, daddy issues. You're in a strip club. And it's like, those women are usually, if you have daddy issues, you're not having great sex. <laughs> you just have, you might I be mean, having a lot of it, but, yeah, but these women who are like, I enjoy my body. I enjoy sex. These are very confident women who were raised to be, to like themselves themselves to love themselves so like you know say that 900 more times that is exactly like women who are strong in their sexuality had probably really good parents yeah you know or, or some form of good parenting either yeah a lot i of raised ways, them to be there are a lot confident. of ways to have family so i, I want to open that yeah. up to be you know it could be a right, grandparent right. could be an uncle or an aunt or whatever or a, whatever, but like you, you got that nurturing at a young age really well. Yeah. Um, to love yourself. Um, so. I mean, and to have confidence to ask for what you want. Yes. Which I always say, you don't get what you don't ask for. Exactly. Which is, you know, frustrating for my husband, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want it all. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so I'm almost done here. So she actually stopped recording after 1935. But one of her greatest talents was as a songwriter, and she copyrighted dozens of titles. Um, and it, many of them were so original that other blues artists were forced to give her credit, um, which what they'd usually do is they'd create like a matching, a matcher imitation, but was changed enough that they wouldn't have to give her the rights, but they couldn't do that with her stuff. She had to get their credit. Really? I know, right? Smart businesswoman. Yes. Like I, she's smart. She's I don't even want to say she's rebellious. I get this feeling that she followed her heart. 
I that's just me. Well, she's just <laughs> she's notorious because she had agency and yes. confidence mm-hmm. <laughs> and moved in the world like that. Like, exactly. It's like how dare you, woman, not be beneath my my heel and <laughs> and do as I say. Like how dare yeah. you live your life on your own terms? Right. Like that's her horrifying a woman how dare you but i love her so much and that's the thing like like that's my thing with this show even like our show is that like women have been doing this forever let's keep doing it you know yeah you know it's, don't I, don't go so in the box they put you in do you exactly do you know what she did after she stopped recording she uh it says she they it says she managed her son's jazz group called um Oh, this is so cute. Bogan's Birmingham Busters. Oh, that is cute. Um, And then she moved to Los Angeles. And then she died um, in 1948 of a coronary sclerosis. Ooh, what's that? Um, I feel like it's a heart thing, but... Oh, wow. I'm not a doctor, so I don't really know. Maybe she stopped uh, recording because of the traveling around. Yeah, I, I would imagine that guess. touring touring's hard now, you know, but back then it was probably brutal on people. Yeah. And you wonder, like, how many doctors did you go to? Yeah. You know, and as a black woman in America, to trust a doctor is hard to do. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, even fair when enough. you have money. I mean, so yeah. she lived 13 years after her last recording. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good math, Lavetta. Oh, did not and then do you know math. what? We're forgetting something also. Is yeah. the depression. Yeah. I wonder oh. if that had something yeah. to do with her stopping, you know, and it was just too tough. So she went. I wonder and, if she was try- I, I wonder if she couldn't do it all and she was trying to help her son. Like if she because she stopped recording and then she managed his group. Yeah. So she wanted to spend maybe some time with him. Yeah. Um, you but know, it was she, a had, depression. she had him very young. Yeah, and that's it, true. Um, so in 2022, <clears throat> she was posthumously inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame. Um, the citation notes that, uh, quote, Bogan recorded some of the most memorable blues songs of the pre-World War II era, including some that were landmarks in blues and some that continue to sensationalize her reputation decades after her death. Yeah. Why is it taking all these women who were like pioneers in this field to be inducted into these organizations? Like, and I bet you it's only happening after some, someone of influence uh, today, like, rallied for this like it should be like if you recorded like some of the first blues hits like that should be automatic (laughs) why is it 2022 2022 it should have happened like 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 it should have happened no it should have happened as soon as they started those organizations it's like these are the originals (laughs) like these are the founders of this genre I gotta gotta wonder like how many of them are there right there's gotta be so much more than we even know yeah because it was pervasive in society that's why we know the blues like yeah you know but it Um, just it it seemed like let's say if I was going to start an organization on um 
uh, 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 TV shows about sci-fi. You would do that. That would be an organization you would start. Gene Roddenberry's got to be like one of the first people because he started Star Trek. Like, yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, you don't get to him last. You get to him first. You don't get it. Get to him fifty years from now. Like, (laughs) like you know what I mean. Like that's what I don't understand. And it could be. And it's also that that is why it's important to preserve history because yes. You know, obviously she was very popular then, but then 20 years later, you know, when things have moved on, like, is she still, do people still remember the name? You have like 15 year olds who don't know that Queen Latifah used to be a rapper. Oh, wait, no, I'm horrified. We have to fix that immediately. No, but I'm just saying, so when they see her performing, they're like, I didn't know she was also a rapper. You're like. Because we were all alive 15 yes. years ago. Oh, we're child, like, get your information right. But oh it's like, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just it's just so weird. So it's but it but again, if you are the person, which I get, I get you don't know everything, everybody's name or whatever. But if you are the person starting this organization, you're supposed to be an expert. Right. So if you're I, starting the Blues I, Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. <laughs> well, listen, and it's not I, like she was never recorded. Right? Can I can I can I throw out a theory? What's a theory? What's Do you theory? remember the Broadway show from five hundred years ago called Ain't Nothing But the Blues? Vaguely. It was really good. I saw it when I first moved to New York. Um, I loved it. I bought the C D because I'm old. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> but I would listen to it a lot. And I gotta say it's mostly men. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm because, go, yeah, that. excuse me, because the recorders of history, mm. right, mm-hmm. dictate who gets recorded. Yep. Even though, because yeah. it's like you're saying she recorded over a hundred something records. Like, yeah, within two years. Like, so that's what I'm saying. Songs. Like, yeah. there's no excuse. Like, you're obviously no. intentionally overlooking these women because it's one thing she was never recorded, right? Oh, she but never she recorded. And she only recorded. toured. Like if she right. was only a touring act, then that's one thing. But she's recorded, so listen, she is a woman singing about sex and prostitution. And probably they were trying to elevate the style, but that's kind of like trying no, to elevate I must say I must say Shakespeare. We yeah, think but he, also the blues is all about that like you know what i mean uh, so it's it's not like it's opera I mean, you know i mean it's like... i i know that and you know that but i i don't know i have a feeling like listen girl some of those lyrics i did not say they were pretty raunchy but people love them they speak to the people and she did it beautifully and that and needs she, to go down in history and i'm sure know? she had records that were not that were more presentable and my, my point is is that blues is juke joint music and that's what i'm saying like if you don't know the history and the origins of something, then you, which <laughs> white men <laughs> will decide, oh, oh, this is what blues is. And it's like, no, blues yeah. is juke joint music. Do you know what a juke joint is? It's like some shack in the middle <laughs> of like the country somewhere. Yeah. Like it's backwoods, down home, uh, DIY setup <laughs> where people who work hard, you know, migrant workers, laborers can blow off some steam. And yes. get their groove on. Yes. Right? 
They serve moonshine. Like that is what the blues is. So that's what I'm saying. I could see if it was a different kind of genre. Okay. Then that would explain that they were put off by the the intense sexual nature of it. But it's like, it's juke joint music. But you what? think, okay, that's, I mean, it's just a guess. It's just very bizarre how 2022 no, ha- cannot figure that out. I think you're hitting on something. I think, but I think what happens is it's like, it's like, I wanted to buy one of those old time record players with the, oh, yeah. um, the needle like those beautiful ones and and so you have to buy records that can you know play on those things most of the stuff that you can find like let's say a billy holiday original or is owned by white people really yeah. i mean why am i surprised it's why hard I to find surprised? it sorry about that yeah but and so they're oh. writing the history you know Without really always under, I'm not saying all of them, but most of them probably don't really understand the cultural origins of black music. Right. And yeah. so it's like, it's, you know, is it Johnny Lee Hooker? Is it Johnny Lee Hooker? I think um, I could be getting that wrong. See, I know the women, better. I know the men, <laughs> but like it takes like, sometimes it takes like a, a prominent white uh, artist, mu- musical artist who grew up listening to these records and again society has moved on and they're like no it's for instance james brown we all know james brown's godfather so right james brown huge success like cultural icon but guess who co-produced the feature film starring chadwick boseman r.i.p um about james brown co-produced it it? who is mick jagger of course Because the Rolling Stones also, because all these like white British kids are over in England listen to like black American music and they're like, oh my God, what is this? Oh my God, what is this? Amazing. So they grow up, they named their song The Rolling Stones after the Temptation song. Oh shit. Papa was a Rolling Stone. Oh my God, yes, you're right. Oh my God. Uh So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, and that is a shame because, and these are like not even Americans, you know, thank I God know. for them. You know, they're coming in like the Beatles, like they're like, oh my God, the Beatles, but the Beatles were trying to do like soul music. I mean, <laughs> they're trying to do their version of it. <laughs> and then they, yeah, but I then they found their own kind of sound. I didn't, I didn't recognize I that as soul music, but okay. like, well, if you listen to Love Me Do, I'm like, they're obviously trying to do like a blues inspired <laughs> thing. And it's like, Aww. it's cute. But, um, you know, so my point is, is that, it's the people who have the power and the access dictate who we remember. Yes. Right. And that, that is unfortunate. Okay. Lavetta, I have love me do stuck in my head and you're totally right. <laughs> oh my God. But not successful. I mean, like, listen, I, I love the song. It's cute. It's good. It's a good song, but yeah. that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Listen, the reason that people don't understand the origins is because they didn't look. Yeah. Well, nowadays we have the Internet and I have to say it used to yeah. be more difficult to find stuff. And, you know, because you would have have to have access to it in the library. That's why libraries are important uh-huh. um, or microfiche. Um, <laughs> you know, you'd have to have access to it to live in a big city like, <clears throat> excuse me, New York or Chicago that has like, you know, access to archival uh, materials or sources. But did now ever, we have the Internet. So. Did you ever go to before Internet was so big? There's the um, Library of Performing Arts at Juilliard. You can yes. go. Did you, <laughs> you ever go? I spent hours. <laughs> and it's and that's what I mean. Like you used to have to be physically in yeah. a place that had these things. And so 
Um, but also it's, it's, it, you, you ever remember something from your childhood and you're like, am I the only one who remembers that? What was I? I was on Twitter and somebody says, am I the only one who remembers the show? And it was just like a show that was on six or seven years ago. There's a show because, you know, the show Last of Us is out with the young girl. Yes. And just, yes. So somebody posted like a show that was on Fox just like six or seven years ago. And they were like, even it was it even that. Yeah, it's probably like six or seven years ago. And they were like. Am I the only one who remembers that this show was on for a season? And it was a similar story, but it's obviously, you know, it was on Fox, so it has a different right, uh, tone to it. Um, but it was starring a young black girl. In oh. fact, one of the girls who played one of the Venus sisters in the uh, King Richard movie. Um, What's the name of the show? Oh, God, I can't think of it. <laughs> you were afraid uh, I was going to ask that question. Right? Yeah, and it's <laughs> one of the guys from... Uh, What's that show with Mario Lopez when he was younger? Oh, Saved by the Bell? Saved by the Bell. Who was the white guy? Paul. Paul. Paul? Paul Gossamer. <laughs> Paul yeah, I think it was starring him. He's a good actor. Wait a minute. No, like I, I've, no, no, I've no, seen, you're looking it up, aren't you? Yeah, I've Saved by him. the Bell, because we have the <laughs> internet now. Oh, who's she? Um, I think it's Paul, Mark Paul Gossler. Yes. So Mark Paul Gossler, he was in the show, and the show was called uh, The Passage. Oh, my God, I remember that. It came out in actually 2019, so not even that long ago. Oh, my God, that's four years ago and people are like i did math aren't you proud um yeah and like <laughs> people are like am i the only person that remembers this show and it's like no so it, there are shows like that that happen sometimes where you're just like was it was it a fever dream and i'll like look it up i know it was true. not a fever dream. it's like i feel like uh xena warrior princess was like that or actually, the show VIP. Do you remember VIP? Pamela Anderson's show. I used to love oh that show. <laughs> I did not watch that show. <laughs> it was so good. It was so campy. Like, when you watch that show, you're like, oh, Pam knows exactly what her persona is like. Okay. Like, they were like a... Uh, <laughs> They were like a, a bodyguard or like, I think, a security guard company. But they, everybody's like really hot. <laughs> It's oh, like really ridiculous. Okay. I rem I never watched it, but I'm remembering the commercials now. Yeah. It's really cute. It's really <laughs> like you're like, why is she dressed like that? I remember I used to love the girl. I kinda had like a girl crush on the one girl with the dark short hair. Okay. Uh she's so cute. Um anyway, but like that show, I'm like, I remember VIP. Does no one else remember VIP? But yeah, I love that show. <laughs> Um, Hit us up if you remember VIP Lavetta needs a friend. Um, <laughs> I cannot do that for you. Were they baking at any point on the show? No. Okay. No, it's I did not like, watch it. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. I loved it so much. Uh, is uh, that it for? That, that is it. Yes. I mean, you know, there's, I, I, I researched what I could find. I wish there was more about her. Um, I had three sources, but I just, you know, that is, that is, I mean, I just feel like we need to know that she's, she was there, that she started it. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's awesome. Yeah. I just got yeah, my vote. I mean, I wish she 
lived a longer life. I think Lucille Bogan, a.k.a. Bessie Jackson. Bessie Jackson. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, now, my Notorious Woman this week is very different. Okay. I'm getting back to my roots. Uh, oh, oh my. To the stuff I love. Oh, I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> What'd she do? What did she do, Lavetta? <laughs> I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. Okay. So my Notorious Woman this week is... <laughs> A woman by the name of Judy Moran. Do you know who that is? No. no. Okay. Oh, good. So it's going to be good. It's, it, oh, this Lord. one's kind of short, too. Okay. Now, so Judy, so my sources today come from uh, numerous places, but uh, one from uh, a, an author by the name of Andrew Rule, uh, R-U-L-E. He wrote a book called Underbelly, semicolon, The Gangland War. Okay. Um, also, adelaidenow.com.au, Australia. Uh, also, there.com.au. Uh, there was an article written by uh, writer Asia, uh, Asian Low, I'm having here. Oh, is that right? Uh, Adrian. I, I think it's uh, Adrian Low. Okay. I'm sorry. I think, I think that spell, I think spell correct changed it because i was like no so it's adrian low okay um and then uh wikipedia and then several news reports from um that i found on youtube um so old youtube videos so okay okay so judy moran was born judith marianne brooks on december 18 1944 in melbourne victoria australia which is southeast australia Now, in 1963, at the age of 19, she married a man called Leslie John Johnny Cole. He was believed to be the muscle and gunman for uh, Melbourne's for Melbourne criminal gang. So these are like, whoa, okay, criminal gang people, my kind of people. Uh, Well, not to live with, but to no, I would not move in. No, yeah. Um, In 1964, a year after they were married, the couple so. Judy has married John, okay. uh, Leslie John Cole. They called him Johnny. Uh, they married and they had a son named Mark. Okay. So, uh, but two years later in 1966. So they're cool. Yes. Right okay. away. You know, mm-hmm. young, hot blooded. Um, two years later though, they, she divorced, Judy divorced Johnny and began a relationship with a man by the name of Louis Moran. Okay. Now, Judy and Moran had a son called Jason in 1967. Okay. So another year later, you know, screwing like rabbits as young couples mm. do, have a baby. <laughs> now, later, her first son, Mark, would also change his last name to Moran. Oh. Even though um, Lewis is not his dad. But he basically, Lewis basically raised them. Okay. okay. So it's one of those things that they got together when... You know, uh, his parents got together. His mother and his stepfather got together when he was very young. So it's one of those things. And and, and in all the reports, it says that she never married Lewis, uh, but she took on his last name, Moran. So it's kind of like a common law thing. Okay. Common law I mean, relationship. Yeah. yeah. I think there are laws about like, if you use a name enough, it becomes your name legally by default. Oh, that it could be that. Yeah. I'm not sure of the... Uh, the laws in uh, Australia, especially in this part of Australia. But uh, now, side note, her first husband, Johnny, was shot dead Whoa. in 1982 in a Sydney drug-related shootout. 
So, Oof. yeah, these are gangster people. Oh, God. Okay. This is basically The Sopranos, but Australian edition. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm kind of excited, honestly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Judy and Lewis are together from 1966 to about 1995. Oh, okay. So, they were definitely together. Yeah. Uh, but they separated. So, this is like 30, 29 years later. Okay. Uh, they separate. Um, and in 1990, but in 1999, so they separate in 95. And, you know, it's all, I don't want to say incestuous, but it's all, if gang members hang out with other gang members, these are. I mean, it's like the theater, Lavetta. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's true. Like I, like I get it. <laughs> or like what's that old time saying? Birds of a feather, right? They flock together. Okay. Always. <laughs> so, so I would imagine they were together a long, long time. So they're still in each other's orbit. It's totally. all, you know, and of course they have a child. They have two children together because it sounds like Lewis thought of uh, Mark as his, as yeah. his child. I mean, as his, yeah, as his, his child. Kid. So yeah. yeah, his kid. It's his kid. Now, but four years later in 1999, Lewis and a man named Carl Williams. So Carl is from, they're basically, they're drug dealers. They're like, okay. uh, it says drug barons, but they're like, you know, drug lords. Listen, if Australia. I was a drug dealer, I too would want to be considered a drug baron. Baron, yeah. That is how you would refer to me. Okay. There's also, I think, you know, it's Australia, so... You know, they're colonized by the English. So it's just like, you know. Oh, that's and, true. Yeah. Um, and Australia has like gangster outlaws, like gangs. I mean, it was a, a prison colony. It was, I was going to say, it's going back to its roots. You yeah, know. I mean, even Australians are like, yeah, we're a prison colony. I mean, <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I mean, just like know your history. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. America is like, oh yeah, we fucked it up too. It's fine. Like, let's just do better. You know, it's, it's like fine. how I feel about the South. Yes, yeah. the South. I know. We, we <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so Lewis and this man named Carl Williams. So they were basically two of the biggest like drug lords in the area. They weren't partners, but they they weren't necessarily sworn enemies. It's kind of like they understood their territory. You know. It's okay. It's fine, okay. right? Okay. But after they had a meeting and had a dispute over some drug money, mm. over a deal, Lewis shot Carl in the stomach. Whoa. Oof. Ouch. Ooh. But he didn't finish the finish the job. Eh? This turned eh? out to be a fatal mistake. Oh shit. Because Carl's like, you gonna shoot me in the motherfucking stomach. It's on, bitch. It's on. He, so he got shot in the stomach and he's okay. He's okay. Okay. Mm. And Lewis, I would not I don't know. be okay. Okay. I and have enough also, stomach problems. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get nervous stomach sometimes. So if I got shot in the stomach, who? Okay. No. Also, you remember how I said if I couldn't be like a monarch because I would just kill everybody? Yes. Yes. This is why. Uh -huh. This is why. You got to take them out. You got to finish the job. <laughs> this is why I'm glad I'm not in this life because you just got to take motherfuckers out. You got to take them out. Like, I mean, come on, right? 
So Carl's like, oh, really? What? Hold my beer. Oh, shit. Hold my Vegemite. (laughs) Okay. Oh, she went there. (laughs) Within months, what the newspapers will call the Melbourne gangland killings. Oh, my God. Okay. Most of the Moran family and a host of other underworld figures would be would die, including. um, uh, I mean, so within months and over the next couple of years. So, okay, Carl and his and his clique is like it's on motherfuckers. So. Over the next few years, a whole bunch of people started dying. And they were just like shooting, having shootouts in public. Like, it was on. It's just on, right? Holy shit. So, uh, yeah. South Central ain't got nothing on these motherfuckers <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> so, every, a whole bunch of people would die, including Mark, Judy's first son in 2000. Oh, no. Jesus. Her second son, Jason, in 2003. Oof. And finally, Lewis himself in 2004. Oh, my God. Because according to Andrew Rule's uh, book, Underbelly, calls like, I'm taking all you motherfuckers out. I'm not just going to, I'm going to kill your mama. I'm going to kill your daddy. I'm going to kill your dog. I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. It's on. I mean, I mean, that's a lot. And the dog, I mean, I'm just saying, like. I mean, I don't know about the dog. I I know you made that up, but but like. You know, that, like, that's some vengeance, maybe unnecessarily so. I'm just I mean, this saying. is why you got to finish the job. If you in this life, you got to be about that life. You got to finish the job. You cannot I, leave people. Even the, the Italian mob know that you got to take them out. Listen. If you shot someone in the stomach, you might as well. Like you were ain't you weren't like shooting in the foot. You know, what I'm saying right. A fellow drug dealer. Yeah, you got to take right. them out. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, you know the world you live in. Yeah, Ex- embrace it, or maybe so, you know stop doing it. But like maybe you well, know, I mean, stop risking your family. In you for a penny, saying? in for a pound. At this point, like <laughs> fuck <laughs> that. You got to take them out. So, um, so you might wonder what is Judy doing or all of this, right? I am wondering that. So. It's one of those things. Is she, is she Carmela Soprano? <laughs> Willfully not knowing what's going on. <laughs> or is she's like Griselda Blanco, like bitches, let's on, right? <laughs> right. I'm all in this. So it's not really clear at this point, right? Even though okay. authorities are like, oh yeah, she's definitely in the mix of it, but it's not really clear. You never know because these, these organizations tend to be very um, sexist, you know? So yeah. even if a woman, you kind of have to be, and we're going to do Griselda Blanco one day, but you kind of have to be like Griselda, like a, a queen bitch, like to the nth degree, like take no motherfucking prisoners. Right. Yeah, if you're going to do it, you got to do it, you know. If you're going to do it, you got to do it. But sometimes it's hard if you come in, if you're always the lady or the girlfriend, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, The fact that her and Lewis never officially married, I don't know. that You can can take that as you want. But so so it's really kind of hard to tell exactly what throughout these years from like 66 to 95, like what her role was, but she had to know what was going on, obviously, because people, especially since, you know, her two sons had died. Yeah. So, yeah. And oh, also I mean, after that happens, that can change you. I would imagine. Listen, 
whatever happened before, she's fucking pissed now. Yeah. Like, don't fuck with my babies is what I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, so I guess she's angry. Yeah. Guess. And also, according to authorities, they say they say that she not only knew what was going on, she was like in the thick of it. So okay. they're according to them. Um, so and also they they claim and they suspect that after the death of both her sons and her second husband, who was still running it. So Lewis was the head of basically the head of this uh, of the Moran family, basically. Okay. But they say that after that, she became a little bit even more involved, even though his brother, uh, Des Tuppence, uh, Tuppence Moran. So they called him Tuppence. Um, and that is, that is so Mary Poppins. I know. That is so Tuppence. Tuppence a bag? Sorry. Feed the birds. Anyways, yeah. go on. So, but he, so after Lewis was killed, she became more involved, but Des basically became the head as he's, he was, he's our brother-in-law. So he's the head. Okay. okay. But you know, so when, when Lewis died, obviously, even though they were not still together, he obviously left money to provide for her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so when Des took over, he was still, you know, sending monthly payments, covering everything. You know, this is why you do illegal shit for the money. It's yeah, always for the yeah, money. Exactly. Um, and so he did that for a couple of years. But after a while, he stopped doing that. Um, oh, and we're not really sure why, why he stopped doing that. But then she started suspecting that he had swindled her out of what was rightfully hers from Lewis. Mm, okay. So he stopped again. He stopped playing. So she, she, so when he stopped, she kind of figured, oh, this motherfucker not only stopped paying, giving me money, but also he's probably been taking, he probably took stuff that was rightfully mine from when Lewis died. Okay. So according to Andrew rule, he thinks that she confronted Des and they had an argument where he slapped her. Oh, don't hit slap. Her. Don't slap. I don't know if he just slapped her, but he hit her. Okay. So again, violent people, of course. Yeah. Uh, so Judy's like, oh, really, motherfucker? Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in was 2009. She... Okay. Okay. Des Moran was killed, shot Ooh. and killed while walking outside of a deli during well. lunchtime. <laughs> okay. I'm laughing, but shouldn't probably be laughing, but it's too late. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I know uh, what happened. <laughs> authorities said that Judy, along with a man named Jeffrey Amor and a man named Michael Ferrugia, I think I'm saying that right, Ferrugia, drove in the car to the area. Jeffrey and Michael got out, followed Des as he's walking down the street and shot him. Damn. Right. Now you would say, how do they know this? Well, you know, she's a crime family. They're always under surveillance. Oh, <laughs> so, right. So the cops had her under surveillance, probably wiretapping, all kinds of stuff. Right. So she so they drive off. She gets I rid mean, of the they, car. They probably have a whole department for her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Because since 99, all hell has broken loose. It's one thing about drugs and stuff. 
but they literally were like shooting people in broad daylight. Like it's a civil war between fractions. And the cops are like, okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of reminds me of like Miami in the eighties, like, you know, there's just drive bys just just out in the open, but this was like 2000. So she, so they had her under surveillance. So they basically, she was walking back home and they arrested her Judy along with, um, another woman named, uh, Suzanne Kane. Now Suzanne, she's just walking back home. She's just walking in the streets back home being like, well, she's been in this. She's getting been in life forever. Day. I know. Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, in her defense, if I was part of this life, that motherfucker have to die. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I would have just poisoned his ass. Like, yeah, like I know. <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like these people were kind of dramatic because to shoot somebody in broad daylight, it's like there's better ways to off a motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Like, smart she's ways. just like walking home like it's a Tuesday, you know, no bigs. Yeah. So they arrested her along with a woman named Suzanne Kane. Now, Suzanne was uh, Jeffrey Amore's partner. Okay. And uh, her and and Judy's deceased son's Mark's sister-in-law. Okay. So they, it's all, they're all family. It's all family. That's exhausting. Yeah, go on. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The next day, Jeffrey and Michael, so Moore and Ferrugia, were also arrested. Okay, I was wondering what took so long for that. Yeah, a few days later, this happened really, really quickly after the the shooting. A few days later on uh, June, so Dez is shot on the 15th of June, 2009. Okay. On June 17th, Judy and Suzanne appear in uh, court. Oh, that is very fast. so, yeah. So, but bail was denied on the grounds that their access to weapons represented a danger to the community. So they were reprimanded into custody and okay. they were set to appear in court on September 9th. Okay. So a few months later. Yeah. Now, later that night, while she was in custody, back at Judy's home, um, a fire was started. What? Authorities think it was to cover up the evidence that was in the home. Oh, totally. That's exactly what happened. I'm yeah. sure of it. And I don't know anything. Yeah. But I'm going to say I'm sure of it anyways. Yeah. That's totally. So uh, on September 18th, 2009, um, Amor, so Jeffrey Amor, he right. faced uh, <clears throat> murder charges um, and he was re- reprimanded to, no, I'm sorry, on September, so the next day, September, on June 7th, 18th, 2009, I'm sorry, uh, a more. So Judy and Suzanne, and then the next day, a more. Okay. And Ferrugia were arrested. Uh, so a more was, uh, he was reprimanded as well as like Judy and Suzanne. Um, and he, but Ferrugia was arrested and he was later released without charge. Oh. Turns out cause he, and I'll get to that in a while. He ended okay. up serving about four years. Um, and then a more would later plead guilty and be sentenced to 26 years in jail with a minimum Oof. of 21. Yeah. Stop with the gun violence. You guys, it's not worth it. That yeah. sounds, that sounds terrible to me. Now, I watched, I watched like a lot of Orange is the New Black and I'm very clear that I do not want to go to prison. Yeah. Like, no girl. If I wasn't sure, now I'm sure. Cool. I heard that. 
now, Suzanne, when they first uh, approached her and they arrested her and they were asking her questions, she was like, I don't know nothing by nothing. <laughs> I see no evil. I hear no evil. But later, oh. <laughs> Suzanne pleaded guilty to uh, to be to an ex- to the charge of accessory after the fact. Oh, okay. she and she was uh, she was later charged with that. And but she took a plea and was sentenced to just two years I mean, because she not... knew about it. So she wasn't yeah. there. She okay. knew about it. And she now, could have told the authorities and didn't or something like that. Yeah. And they all conspired okay. and like, right. okay. um, now Ferrugia, uh, he took a deal because he testified for the prosecution. Oh, what? Okay. It, okay. And he stated in court, yeah. Uh, that he thought that Amor told him to come along with he and Judy in the car. And he thought that they were just going to go to collect a debt. So he's thinking he's like a low level, like we're going to collect a debt. Right. Okay. Um, so he gets, so Judy parks, he and Amor get out of the car, but when they get out of the car, Amor pulls out a wig out of his pocket. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> this is amazing. I would watch this movie. Go on. This sounds like the most like raisin Arizona bullshit I've ever heard. <laughs> like, like should you put on the wig yeah. before you like, get out of the car, motherfucker? Before you get so that they don't see you putting the wig on. Anyways, it's too yeah. late. <laughs> so when I heard this, I was like, okay, this is terrible and horrific, but this is also hilarious. Hilarious. So, I would watch this all day. Okay. Oh go my on. God. So Ferrugia and okay, so this is Ferrugia's testimony. So in court, and he's like, so uh Jeffrey pulls out a wig, puts it on, and so he's he's starting to trail behind a moor. Then okay. he heard two loud bangs, which sounded like gunshots. Okay. And then he said he saw two people lying on the ground in a shop. Oh, and shit. then yeah. he followed Amor, Jeffrey Amor, who ran off. They both got oh, okay. into the car being driven by Judy, who told them to keep their heads down. And he, he said, quote, she was in control. That's when I said to Jeff, what the fuck just happened? And so, okay. end quote. So he goes on to say in court that... um Judy then said to Jeffrey Amore, quote, did you get him? And then Jeffrey said back, yeah, no worries. I got him. Hmm. And she, hmm. she then said, well done and started patting him on his back. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And okay. then he said that uh, Amore actually got mad at him and, and was yelling at him like, you fucked up. You should have stayed in the car. And Moran then, uh, Judy then threatened him to keep his mouth shut. So... This is Listen, this is what Ferrugia is testifying in court. If I were Ferrugia, I would do that, and then I would change my name and identity and hide forever. I mean, I don't quite buy his story of like I don't know what's going to happen. What? I thought we were just getting in and out. That's not a little suspect to me. Like, well, here's what I'm going to say: Why are they your friends if you are well, so innocent? You know, but then like, again, but then again, the fact that <laughs> the fact that Amore took out the wig, <laughs> yeah, when they no, get out of the car, they didn't stupid. plan this. They're definitely stupid. <laughs> they didn't plan this too well. No, they did not. First of all, shoot a motherfucker at night, just do right? the drive by, right? Duh. Like, why are you getting out in broad daylight? 
at lunch. Try to get your wig straight. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes they <laughs> they connect and you have to like undo it. You know because it like they they they're tying together because like hair. So really, it's you have to like oh uh, you know. And you know it's a party watching it's a, you. It's a party city wig, like a Halloween you wig. Know. You know, <laughs> you know it's pink. You know it's pink. <laughs> It's like, oh my god! It's like, okay, guys. So now, so this is a core. But during the investigation, police discovered. So remember how I was telling you that Judy's house was caught on fire? Yes. She said, oh, yeah. yeah. Now, so after they arrested her, uh, police discovered a rifle in an abandoned car and white gloves that Judy was allegedly seen wearing while driving the car. Where and the car was just discarded in bushes nearby. Okay, in the home they can find that. Girl, they did not plan this well. (laughs) Now, in Judy's home, in a safe, they found three handguns. Okay, um, stolen the the license plate that was on the car is a stolen Victorian license plate. Okay, a wig (laughs) and clothing. Which police claim matches witnesses' description of the clothing worn by the gunman. They are stupid. Okay. I just, I don't know. So in court, Judy now, again, Judy is, she's in her 60s at this point. She shows up in a wheelchair. She's like, oh, Lordy, I'm I'm, I'm sickly. I'm about to die. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember things like I did back when Where I was am younger. I? I'm 92 in my heart. Just, <laughs> it's like okay, like, and she 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 pre- she presented herself as like, "Oh, I'm like like a retired school teacher." I get it. You go into court, you wear a suit, you wear like, you know, modest clothing, not not like the furs and the diamonds <laughs> right. and the I'm you know, bad so, bitch stuff she used to used to I'm, wearing. I'm so shy. I'm sorry. I'm not used to yeah. talking to people. I'm I'm very to myself. Yeah. I don't speak but, English. What? I what don't. Else? I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, 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 so in court, though, no like leopard prints for her. Um, she's just like, as a as a school. Why, why has everybody become like Southern and from like the Civil yeah. War? But <laughs> I, I can't do a terrible. My I'm not going to attempt to do an Australian accent. I'm not going to do that. I don't even know I how mean, to do it. But I, I don't want to offend an entire continent. Yeah, so I don't even know I how to do it. Either. But she basically was like, I don't know nothing about nothing. I'm just a poor old lady. Uh, but then in court, the prosecution played surveillance recordings from her. Oh, shit. Well, you, she probably was like, motherfuckers. Da, 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 and they're like, this you? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, like, I can't hear anymore because I'm so old. Yep. I'm I'm just a grandmother who's lost her two children. I don't, I don't know anything about drugs, mama. Is that you, mama? (laughs) Judy's like, listen, I get it. I do the same motherfucking Uh, thing. I be blind like Bill Cosby. Uh Not be Uh able to walk like Harvey Weinstein. Listen. (laughs) I, this also reminds me of like when Tupac back in the day got shot and he went to court oh, yeah. for um, rape or attempted rape or he this Negro showed up in a wheelchair like uh, 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 your honor 
I got shot. It, I was like, ain't you 22? Why are you acting like yes. an yes. old man? 22. Like, <laughs> Your Honor, I get it. I do the same exact oh, yeah. motherfucking thing. I don't have, I would have dementia. Legs, Your Honor. <laughs> Shoot. If I was in my 60s, I'd be like, I got dementia. Where am I? Like you say, Mama, is that you, Mama? Is this over the rainbow? Um, <laughs> I got the shakes. <laughs> I got the shakes. Of course. But the jury's like, okay, we're not buying it. So uh-huh. after they wrapped, the jury deliberated for seven days. So they did take some time. But on March 9th, 2011, a jury found the 66-year-old Judy Moran guilty of murdering Des Moran. And she was later sentenced to 26 years in jail Whoa. with a minimum of 21. Oh, my God. Yeah, because she was the only one that fought it pretty much. Um, okay, everyone else was like, I she, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, and like I said, Suzanne had gotten two years jail and most of her sentence was suspended. Oh, really? Uh, but she and, but basically Judy and um, Georgia Moore, because George did the shooting. He was the gunman. Oh, yeah. And Judy, uh, A, because she was like, I don't know nothing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, Throw the dice and see what's going to yeah. happen. I mean, right not? Yeah. And so, yeah, she, uh, yeah, she went to jail for, oh she gosh. was sentenced to 26 years. Um, now, of course, this is a hilarious thing as we've, hilarious and like serious. Like there's two verses of this, right? There's like the hardcore, yeah. like. You could um, literally make two different movies. Yeah. With the same story. Yeah. It's, but you know what would be good? And I'm sure they've already done a version of it. A, a good version of this would be like what they did for the I, Tanya movie. So like it's a serious but like ridiculous yes. movie. Like yes. a ridiculous movie. R- ridiculous characters. Let's make ridiculous money and then make this movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, now fun. she she has been portrayed <laughs> by, a woman, uh, by a woman named Caroline Gilmer in a 2008 TV series called Underbelly. Okay, so probably we're too based late on for that. Movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oops. In 2014, she was played by Deborah Byrne in the miniseries Fat Tony and Company. Okay. Um, and and then apparently there's another. Uh, uh, oh, there's another uh, project from 2017 called Underbelly, Underbelly Files: Semicolon Chopper. So, you know, they're because obviously this is Australian history. So obviously they've done things about this ridiculous, ridiculous story. Um, Because I'm just so shocked about like why it wasn't planned better. I mean, it's a farce. If you know what I mean, like, I I, I don't know. Like, it makes no sense. Like, I just still in jail. No, she's out of jail. No, no, no. 26 oh. years with a minimum of 21. You do know I can't do math. When, is, when, when This was 2011. I can't do math. Obviously, she's still in jail. Okay. She, uh, you know, at first she was making a lot of, um, and she's 78 now. She's making, okay. you know, she was trying to, she, they had more uh, contact about her. Like, you know, you had more news. Right. Um, but, after a while, people just move on, you know? Yeah, yeah. So she, um, hold on. She's still alive and she is. Okay. She's probably uh, running that prison, you know. 
she probably is running the prison. I hope she's doing a better job of running the prison than she (laughs) did in planning this. I hope there's like some more forethought before action, you know? It's like, it's just, again, it reminds me of like Raisin Arizona, like, (laughs) which is one of my favorite movies of all time. That movie is ridiculous. I should really watch it. <laughs> have you never seen Raisin Arizona? I, I have not, but Miriam, I I know. Especially now that you're a mother, I know it is ridiculous because it's all about Holly Hunter wants a baby. She's like, you better go and get me a baby, <laughs> <laughs> and he like takes a baby. Right? That's all yeah. I know. <laughs> but I guess then the reality of having a baby. It is my favorite uh, Nicolas Cage performance, other than okay. that and uh, Moonstruck. Like oh, that's I when like yes. that's when like Nicolas Cage was like amazing. I don't really like his later stuff, but like no, Peggy he is Sue so got good married. In that movie. Oh, that favorite. one too. That's yeah. a good one too. Um, that and then my boy John Goodman's in it. Like, oh. come on, it okay. is like all right, all right, hilarious. It is ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I'm a Coen Brothers fan. I usually like their wacky stuff and and even their more serious stuff. But yeah, Raisin, Raisin Arizona is a good watch. Okay. Like it's a good watch. Okay, it's I'll ridiculous. get on it. Okay. Yeah, so. uh, but that is my notorious woman for today, Judy Moran of Australia. She's, thank you so much for her. She's fascinating. <laughs> I just, yeah. you got to wonder and we'll never know. Like, what were no, you thinking? We, we know. I, I think, you know, I think it may have been one of those things because it was it was just. It was planned so poorly. I yeah. wonder if she just didn't really. But then again, they they don't seem like the kind of like. They're drug dealers, right? So right. and they are like just sort of violent and non-thinking. The fact that there's like a gang war where they're shooting each other in like the public in 2000. You know, it it makes me like, think of Breaking Bad and some of the things that some, you know, I mean, I don't, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but like there were some bad ideas that went poorly, you know? Well, it makes me think of like, they're shooting, they're behaving like this is night Chicago 1930s when Al Capone, yes. right? This is like, yes. but like the neighbors, obviously they have money, so they live in nice neighborhoods. And so right. when, the, yeah. when the fire, one of the reports I watched, uh, one of the news reports, when the fire happened at her house, they were talking to one of the neighbors and, and they were like, this is a nice neighborhood. Like, this is so weird. Like That, <laughs> that doesn't happen here. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's that that sort of thing where you can take the ratchetness, you can take the person out of the ratchet hood, but you can't take the hood out of the ratchet person. Yeah. Like this is so poorly planned. <laughs> like, like I said, the wig. It's like it's, the wig scene is my favorite scene. I I'm replaying it in my head over and over again. It is hilarious. Did they have fake mustaches? I like mean, really? what is? <laughs> And goggles, like the glasses with the nose, you know. <laughs> I know it kind of reminds me of like people are saying, like you know, the show you, which you you, you watched the beginning, yeah. <laughs> so this season, people are like, they're like, why does Joe just put on a hat to like hide from people as he's lurking in the background? It's like, boy, we can see you right there, <laughs> like, like, like you ain't you're fooling that, nobody. You're that tall man, but is now wearing a hat. That's <laughs> what I see. <laughs> it's like I don't know. 
But yeah, oh, so Lord. it's, I mean, obviously we're not making light of murder and like, no murder is bad. Guns are bad. Ban them all. That's what I feel. But this yeah, is a ridiculous I didn't even story. think about that. This is Australia. This is not America. Cause I'm like, yeah, gun by battle. That makes sense. America, yeah. but this is Australia. I well, wonder. They, they later banned all guns. Good job. Yeah. And you know what if, worked? Banning all guns. That's, you know, that's and not this my, was it's, probably a reason too. like they're just shooting people in broad daylight. That yeah. would under, that would explain why they're just like, we got guns. I mean, ba, 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 that shit ba. happens in America, too. <laughs> I mean, no, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I guess I wonder. But we're okay. We seem to be OK with it, which is like, well, like, I'm not I wonder okay how prevalent gun culture is there before this time and then after this time. You know what I mean? Like guns have oh, always right. been part of American society, like the yeah. old West. And like I said, the, the whole the gangsters in the 30s who would have these right. shootouts. And then the 80s in Miami. Oh, and, God. Yeah. So. that. So that does sound like uh, an American thing, but this is Australia. So I just wonder if any of our Australian listeners can let us know uh, the context in which this was happening in 2000. So, oh, yeah. I'd love to hear. Yeah. Because well, I, you know, sometimes I'm ready to move to Australia. Um because yeah. they fixed some laws that they could fix here. How do I feel? I feel like they should fix laws. That's yeah. how I feel. And they don't have major shootouts every other day, so. Yeah, that must be nice. Must be nice. Well, All right. that, that wraps it up for another episode of Notorious Women Podcast. Guys, remember to follow us on all the things. Also, give us a five-star review. Uh, subscribe. Uh, copy the link of the podcast. Send it to your friends. Send it to your family. Uh, yes. We also have a Patreon now. Our Patreon is up if you want to help us out uh, so we can um, bring you more content, have more time, uh, get an editor, get like... Yeah. Um, well, we have we have some editing. We have an editor, like a social yeah, media have. person or, you know, if you just want to help out and support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Notorious Women. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Notorious Women. Again, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Yes. Notorious women. I mean, with and that help, we could just do more. Remember, we were talking about like we just we have a lot of ideas. <laughs> yes, a lot of ideas, a lot of opinions. It's what? Like... No, I'm just here in the corner listening. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have so many opinions. <laughs> <laughs> and do you want to tell them where they can reach us? Also, I do. in addition to uh, going to iTunes, yeah, please leave a review on iTunes. That really helps us. Yeah. Um, or wherever you can leave a review, like if it's on Spotify or podcast and, and if like. It's, if it's too much, just click the five stars. Yeah. You could do that. That would be really helpful, actually. You can click five stars and even put in the description five stars. Yeah, that'd be that's fine. It. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean, you could also say we how pretty and, mm-hmm. and intelligent and capable say. we are. You like, would you could just tell me all the beautiful things about me. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, just do five stars. That's fine. Um, and you can go to come to our Instagram. Come join us at our Instagram. Um, it's an interesting place to be. It's fun. Uh, it's Notorious Women Podcast 
on Instagram. It's pretty simple. Um, and we also have an email. So if you want to just email us, we're notoriouswmpod at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Uh, if, and if you ever have like more information about people we talk about, we, we can always on a later episode be like, hey, so-and-so reached out and told us cool things. We can always update things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much again for joining us here on Notorious Women Podcast. And we will see you next week. That's right. Bye. Bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.